You are Locked On Wild. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am Joe, your host, Joe Booley from ZoneCoverage.com. With me is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how is everything going today? Oh, everything's going great. You know, everything's wonderful. I love it. Everything's cool. Everything's going to be all right, rock and <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we, we just have, have a lot of mailbag. Yeah, we got a ton of mailbag that we're going to get into. And uh, so let's jump, jump right into it right now so that we can get this uh, this done here. It is Wednesday of the bye week. So uh, not a ton of action to really talk about regarding the wild itself. So we'll just take your questions and keep on rolling. Uh, first one comes from Tom Hohen. The organization is bright enough to be sellers at the deadline, right? I would hope so. Yeah, right? You'd uh, you'd think that, uh, that that would be the case. Now, if they're real close to a playoff spot, they might not. But I think they are smart enough to, no matter what, don't buy. And yeah, absolutely. They should not be buyers, even if they were able to go on like an eight and two stretch. They're just they're not a team equipped to go in the postseason and go very deep. And the thing is, you know, I, I talked about like how like there's kind of a sense of urgency in uh, in trading some guys like uh, like Felino, for example. That was kind of the discussion of our our episode yesterday. But most of them, like if you are thinking about it, you know, don't buy could be okay because it's not like you're going to lose these guys for nothing if you don't trade them now. There is the draft. You could trade Eric Stahl at the draft. You could trade Jason Zucker at the draft. You could trade Brodine at the draft, even Felino. You could trade yep. Felino at the draft. You could trade Dumba for like the next three drafts if you want to pick a, a spot with him. Uh, Fiala under contract next year will be under team control for at least a couple more years. Uh, all the young players. So there's no hurry to sell right now except to cash in on some value and kind of kickstart the rebuild a little bit earlier, which, you know, I'm all in favor for those. But mm-hmm. if Garen feels like, you know, he can't quit on the team, he's at least smart enough to not buy. I would hope so. And then, I mean, if they are... If he is getting pressure to essentially buy or, or make moves, and I think that's got to be coming from the top, even though by all accounts at this point, it sounds like Leopold has been essentially on board with whatever Billy wants to do. So it, you'd hope that he makes the smart decision here, that he recognizes that he doesn't have the goaltenders to, to make a run. He doesn't have the uh, the dynamic score to make a run, and that uh, this is – a chance in a deep draft to really cash in big if they get a, if they, I mean, they might go on a run and they might play themselves into like a, a, a an eight spot or something like that. But I think that, that you get more lucky there than you would at like the 12th spot for, uh, for the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. All right. The next question that we've got is from Morpheus from the matrix. And what if I told you to take the blue pill? <laughs> what existing or soon to be unrestricted free agents, if any, do you see the wild trying to acquire? What do we do with Devin Dubnik? So I, I think the only free agents that we've heard thrown out as possibilities are kind of the the ones that we've had before mm-hmm. in uh in Mikhail Gramlin and uh Eric Halla. 
I, I think I would be somewhat interested in Granlin. Um, just, just in terms of like, oh, you know, he's probably, you know, he, he maybe he wants to go home. Like, I sure. don't blame him for wanting to go home if that's his mentality right now. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is there any that you have off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, no. I just think that they they should not be real active in free agency. Yeah, I think like filling out like a couple of spots uh, would be a uh, a good thing to 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 maybe look at. You know, especially if you're losing roster players at the trade deadline or at the draft, maybe you replenish them with. Uh, you know, some lower cost guys, but, mm-hmm. or even taking a flyer on someone like, I'm not a big fan of trading for Alex Galchenyuk, for example, okay. but he is an unrestricted free agent next year. And right. like, why not take a, take a, take a chance on someone like that? I think he might even be, is he a right shot? Uh, no, he's a left shot. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about what about perhaps like a Tyson Berry? He's he is twenty eight right now, but um, he is a free agent after this season. I think he's going to command a lot more money than I would want to give someone right now, and okay. I think he's going to command a lot more years. And uh, Tyson Berry isn't the Tyson Berry of like three years ago either. Like he's sure, gone sure. down. Okay, what about? Uh, <laughs> old friend Marco Scandella. Nope. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding about that. Sorry, Marco. But I'm going to have uh, to say Polo. <laughs> yeah, there really just isn't a ton here that I'm thinking like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. Um, There's a lot of old guys and we've seen what this team likes to do in, in signing a bunch of old guys. And if you go 28 years old, you're going to spend a bunch of money on it. So I think it's best to just maybe get some players to fill out a, a you know, bottom of the roster and then um, really just kind of stay quiet unless they can pluck a goalie. I know that was the second part of his question about what we should do with Dubnik. And I think you got to really just play out the string, but maybe in free agency, you get like a Matt Murray. Uh, I don't think he's, he's going to be a restricted free agent. So you'd yeah. have to trade for him. Okay. Which I think we've mentioned is something that we wouldn't be opposed to. No, absolutely not. Uh, Shane asks, why do you think Bruce hates Donato so bad? Also, why do you think Eck keeps getting snubbed for power play time when he's one of our better centers? When Boudreaux has said that the power play needs to outwork the penalty kill to be successful. Hmm. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say. And I, I, I had someone else ask me uh, in my Twitter mentions about Donato in particular. Is that like mm-hmm. coaches have their guys that they trust. And it's one thing that happens with every coach. Yep. And, you know, uh, like it sucks, but sometimes it just happens. Sometimes Donato finds the doghouse. Sometimes uh, the, your first impression of a player is the one that sticks with you, and that kind of seems like that might be the case in Jules Eriksson X uh, uh, case. I guess sure. I, I said case twice. I was trying to find another word, and uh, apparently, me, the writer doesn't to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it sucks. Sometimes that happens, and there's not really anything you can do about it. the The thing is, 
you know, if Boudreaux doesn't come back next year, then, you know, they get a fresh start, right? And and yep. maybe that's kind of the thing that you uh maybe want to see if uh if, you know, it comes to the point where that happens is that okay, well at least we'll get to see a fresh start for some of these guys because, you know, I know as much as Boudreaux is or uh, came in he was like the guy who was going to be like uh i don't know the veteran tamer yep uh you know he's you know still got his guys he still leans on the veterans i think that's kind of all coaches i think you just have to especially when you know his job's on the line which it very much is right now Mm -hmm. so you know like you can't really blame him for trusting the guys that he trusts but like you do also wish that you know it was different. Yeah, it is weird because being kind of a lame duck right now, like he is, he's certainly trying to coach to continue his job here with the Minnesota Wild. But you almost wish that he would just throw caution to the wind and just uh, just start playing those guys um, to really just like who cares? Who cares? I don't. I'm not here to. I might not be here after the season. I don't care if I if I piss off Ryan Suter or Zach Parise or Miko Koivu, which he has demoted Miko Koivu. But uh, just kind of like, a, hey, I don't care anymore. Like it is performance based, and I know Donato was was attempted to scratched, and, and and then you know had some. Had some goals in those games in which he was supposed to uh, be out uh, until he was officially scratched. But um, I don't know. Give give Donato a chance. Give Erickson X some top two, uh, a top six minutes. Um, give him some power play time. Let the kid really try to show you what he can do. And I agree with our, our with the uh, the the Twitter follower who is asking the question. But. Um, yeah, I do think that that it's just one of those things where uh, it, it's probably just a veteran thing. All right, that's probably a good time to take our first break. And right after that, we'll get back into more of your questions. You are listening to Lockdown Wild. And welcome back to Lockdown Wild. We are going through all of your mailbag questions. Remember, you can send in your questions via Twitter at lockdown wild and also via email at our inbox. Just go to lockdownwild at gmail.com. And I've got one here for uh, actually in our mailbag, in our inbox uh, from Adam. All right. He, sa- he says, uh, hello, I've been following you guys for years, but don't have the Twitter. So it's glad you hear you have an email, which is exactly why we like having this email as well. How has it been going from uh, H or Hockey Wilderness to the Athletic and Zone coverage uh, and anything you miss at Hockey Wilderness? Well, first of all, thanks for emailing. I think if I'm looking at the transition, I'm pretty happy with the transition. Uh, yeah. in, in all honesty, I'm, I'm glad to uh, to work at the Athletic. I'm, I'm you know, I know, not to be super ungrateful, but like there are things about SB Nation that uh, that I don't like. Uh, and if you're, you know, in tune with uh, some of the goings on with uh, with the, I guess, labor discussion, labor fight around SB Nation, I'm glad that uh, that I'm not a part of that anymore. Um, I am, and I'm also extremely happy to work at the Athletic and and be able to work with uh, some of the people that I get to work with there. 
on all the people that I get to work there. Uh, I, I don't want to make it sound like, yeah, there are some that I do and some that I don't because <laughs> it is all the people there. So right. uh, to avoid rambling further, uh, I, I would say mostly uh, I, I really miss when we were at, I guess, the height of our powers at uh, SB Nation Hockey Wilderness. And we just like there was uh, there were a couple years where we had like a, a real big team that like I, I think both you and I felt really close to. Yep. And we were putting out like material if every day, and like I don't know, there was like, you know, and and that's the thing, like when when you don't uh, pay people, like SB Nation does, not pay people or not pay them particularly well now, uh, you know, life happens and people kind of fall out of it, and 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 for you know real good legitimate reasons, like mm-hmm. you know if if you're doing something as a hobby and all of a sudden you get a new job or you graduate from school or you have a kid or a million other things, right? That, that team, you know, you, you start chipping away at that team a bit. Uh, and like, I, 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 I miss uh, a lot of the people that I used to write with a lot of really good, real smart people. Uh, and there are too many to name them all individually, so I'm going to not name any of them. Uh, not not out of uh, not not gratitude, but just fear of like possibly excluding anybody. Yeah, um, yeah. so I'd, that's that's what I miss. I'd say for me, the transition to zone coverage was mostly simple, because um, it was just kind of one writing gig to another. Um, I do like the people over at zone coverage and uh, relatively enjoy what's going on there. I did take a little bit of a feeling out kind of figure out where I fit in here with, with what my content is um, as well as kind of what we get from the wild in, in general. Uh, but I would say with hockey wilderness, I, I did like being in charge because I was managing editor of the site um, and having kind of a say in, in what goes and, and having control to, to being able to, um, you know, just, just kind of plan what the articles were for the day as well as, uh, as also like, I didn't have to like go through anybody to approve anything. I just kind of approved my own work and, and, you know, didn't have, I, I had other guys, you know, look at it to make sure spelling and, and all that stuff pretty much worked, but I had kind of a lot of freedom over there. And not to say that I don't have the editorial freedom that I do at, at, at uh, zone coverage, but, you know, I do have to submit my articles and they do have to get read and, and, and that kind of thing. And it just, there's a little more of a, of a check on there as a, as more of a contributor role than what I was having it as a manager editor. Yeah. So I, 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 I like where I'm at with zone coverage. I like that we cover all of these sports in Minnesota and uh, I, I genuinely like uh, the people that I'm working for and write with. So, and I like kind of the idea of what they're going with and uh, I can't wait to do more. So uh, the next question that Adam leaves is also um, has to do with the wild winter classic jerseys and whether or not we have any concerns because the, he says the Adidas special event jerseys have been underwhelming. I mean, that's my concern. That yeah. They've been <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> I think they've you nailed mostly, it. Yeah, they've been mostly brutal, haven't they? It's uh, I haven't liked them. I don't like the the trim on them. I feel like they, uh, you know, the, the hockey jerseys that I always like were kind of those big baggy jerseys from like the '90s, you know. And what they've done with the athletic ones is they've really trimmed them up and slimmed them up and that kind of stuff. So 
not that that's always the bad thing, but uh, it just feels like they're they're not uh, as comfy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more question, then we'll hop into our break. Okay. Yep, sounds good. All right. Do this one comes from Zeke, and so will the first two in the next segment. Uh, okay. Come from Zeke. Do you think that Paul Fenton missed out on not acquiring William Nylander for Matt Dumber or Jared Spurgeon during his contract dispute last season? Who? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. At the same, I, I do think, like, yeah, he missed a chance to really swoop in and take care of that. But at the same time, I do wonder exactly, like, how available was William, William Nylander at that point? Uh, I don't – I never once thought that Toronto was ever going to let him get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could have gotten him for Jared Spurgeon, I would have done that move a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, I, I, I really believed in William Nylander last year. Matt Dumba, it's harder, and I think a lot of people are kind of and like I, you know what? Look, I, I think if, if you put a gun to my head last year, I probably would have made that trade. Maybe that's just me doing hindsight, being twenty twenty. But it would have been a lot harder to do last year with him performing the way that he was performing then, because he looked yeah. like he was an absolute game breaker, and and he was, he was a game breaker last year. Absolutely was. Uh so. I don't know. Like, I think my big thing with with Nylander was, like, you've been looking for a long time to get this young stud into your forward group. And, like, I, I believed in him being a young stud. I think there were people maybe saying, like, okay, well, you know, is he that guy? Is he that guy away from Matthews? I don't, you know, you can never tell, right? But great players play great with great players. And William Nylander plays great in Toronto, and he's showing that he is a great player this year. So I would have, they missed out. I don't blame them too hard for not trading him. If the price was Matt Dumba at the time. Um, I do blame Fenton and his regime pretty hard. If like a Jared Spurgeon trade would have landed Nylander and you decided to go with a 29, 30 year old defenseman over a guy who could be an absolute stud. And, he, and it's like 22, 23. An actual real game breaker. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nylander. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I know that you were big on William Nylander's jock last year, and I think you still probably are. So I'm a, Yeah, he's he's been real great. Real great. He's been great. So let's let's head into our last break for uh, for today and uh, come back and answer the last few questions so that uh, we can move on with our day. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the final segment of Locked on Wild for this Wednesday. Tony, we are going through our listeners' mailbag questions, and you have them locked and loaded, so let's get through them and then wrap this show. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll go rapid fire on the next few uh, should Minnesota go for a younger and more modern coach or an experienced veteran coach if Garen does not extend Boudreaux? Well, that's a really good question. I I think it depends. I mean, like, there's plenty of coaches that have been in the AHL for years that have been really good at developing younger talent and and getting the most out of them. So, I mean, are they, are they younger? Are they older? I mean, it, it kind of depends. Now, um, I think when you're in a locker room with this team, like uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Breezy, you gotta have a lot it, to me, like bonafides really cater to them a little bit more. And you're not going to be Mike Yo and trying to 
tell them what to do, I think. And so I do think that a veteran coach with this locker room does probably play a little bit better. Um, and, and having some real good experienced veterans. Uh, but I don't also don't want to, I, I also do not want to see like Peter Laviolette or like the retreads that have been fired this year. Modernize, modernize, modernize. I'm saying young and modern baby. Pew, pew, pew. Zeke again <laughs> asks, in your opinion, which goalie prospect in the system has the best chance to be a full-time NHLer? The, we've got we got Hunter Jones, we've got Capo Kakinen, um, we've got Matt Robson, and then there's that uh what is it? Philip Lindbergh. Philip Lindbergh. Whew, that's a good question. I think that Kakinen certainly has shown a lot of promise that I see him probably more on the brink than some of the other ones. Um, but I, I would say that Hunter Jones has got a lot of talent there. And I would think that, uh, you know, obviously he's playing in a lower class right now um, with the Peterborough Peets. But I do think that uh, he's got a real good chance to come into this team and really, and really get accelerated through the ranks. If, uh, if he continues to have success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're talking about best chance to be a full-time NHL, it doesn't matter if they're the starter or backup, uh, uh, probably Kapanen just because he's the closest, but I think overall, um, Kakanen and, uh, and, uh, and why Robson, <laughs> uh, <laughs> both like, aren't exactly like super highly touted goalie prospects. So, uh, I'm like, you know, like I'm interested in seeing what they can do, but, also, who knows what they can do. And I guess also who knows what Hunter Jones can do. But, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to trust a more touted prospect uh, when it comes to something like goaltending, which is voodoo. Yeah, and that's the weird thing, too. Like, I don't know. They've had it, the goaltending for the Minnesota Wild have been a lot like the Vikings quarterback situation. They just have not been able to draft and develop a real consistent franchise goaltender. Um, really the last person they were able to do that was Josh Harding and, and Harding's career was obviously cut short due to, to illness and, 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 you know, it, that's been pretty much it for this franchise as a whole. They've always had to go out the free agent market for a goaltender and, or via trade with Devin Dubnik. And the hope is that they can at least have somebody come up through the ranks and, and be a cheap cost controlled player for a long time. Sir Robotron asks, What's more important to this team, a hockey trade or picks and prospects? Basically, they should or should they restock the farm for a long-term future plan or go the guy for guy route to try to turn things around in a more not too distant future? I feel Kaprizov muddies that decision. Kaprizov absolutely muddies that decision. I think that you can get younger guys um much in the same kind of veil that uh, Paul Fenton did last year. But what, what Fenton failed to do was to really get those, like those picks along with those guys. When you're trading the more established NHL player, I think that it's worth it to get picks out of there. And I don't even care if they're like third to seventh round picks. I mean, you could package a couple of picks. We've seen other, we've seen a lot of um, players, uh, the Wild did that this year. They traded two third-round picks to move up in the second, or I think a third and a fourth round to move up mm-hmm. into the second to take Hunter Jones. 
Absolutely. Uh, they, they drafted Kaprasov in the fifth round. They've, they've been, they've done pretty well in getting their seventh round picks to come through and play relatively well for in the NHL. Eric Hollow was one. Um, I think, um, Sam Henches was also a seventh round pick and he's currently in SESU. Mm. Uh, um, they've, they've done relatively well with their seventh rounders. Now, take that and maybe you can move up to a sixth round or maybe package a couple others and, and maybe make it another deal here to keep moving up and do um, into the uh, uh, earlier into the draft. And I just think that if you're able to get young players and just any sort of real pick that uh, just, re- it's more darts at the dartboard. So I think there's ways to do both actually, but I would say that really what needs to happen, I think, is uh, you you focus on on like the the picks and prospects and and uh, and not so much your one for one player deals. So I would say like if the best prospect that you get can get is a nineteen year old kid, then get him. If the best pick that you can get is a twenty two year old kid, go get him. Like I don't care if you get a Fiala, I don't care if you get you know uh, a a Dominic Bach. Or whatever. Uh, I'm just saying, like, get value into the organization, get young, cost controlled value. And I think you had it right in that, like, it wasn't necessarily the idea that Fenton did last year that was so bad, other than the Nino Ferrask trade, of course. It's the execution. Like, just get as much value as you can. And I think that helps when you have so many players at high value. Wait, Tony. What players are at high value? You should read my trade value <laughs> rankings at the Athletic Minnesota. Moving on to... Hashtag shameless plug. Moving <laughs> on to uh, Simon, uh, who asks, what is a wild exactly? It's this beastly nature-y thing. No, we settled it. We settled it. We had a whole episode about oh, it. Good. You can look back at our first listener's choice episode. It's <laughs> a bear. We settled it. We're moving on. To the last question of the night, which is from Justin, who asks, who is the best case scenario to draft for the Wild outside of Lafreniere and Byfield, in your opinion? So I, I, I'm going to say, like, if you are if you land at number three, so you're not able to get Quentin Byfield, if you're not able to get Alex Lafreniere, who do you want to get? And I'm going to probably defer to you on this one because I usually – don't get into like the real big draft stuff until probably closer to May. But um, so why don't you answer this first and I'll try to do some quick research. All right. So, so Lucas Raymond is a right shot forward. Who's got a lot of skill. Uh, He is a winger. He's not a center. Uh, And he is, uh, is playing pretty well for the Swedish elite league this year. He's got 12 points in 25 games. Pretty respectable. Had a respectable showing at the World Junior Championships. Uh, Tim Stutzel is another guy who's interesting to me. He's dominating the German Elite League right now. And I believe he had a pretty good performance in... Yeah, he uh, he had a pretty good performance in the World Juniors. Uh, five uh, assists for Germany in five games. So uh, he would be of interest to me. Uh, the goalie prospect that everyone is is touting as like the the generational goalie prospect, Yaroslav Askarov. I, I think that would interest me too, especially since you know you're on maybe a little bit of a longer timetable, especially if you're Bill Guerin, right? Uh, 
uh, up until very recently, once you were a GM for a Craig Leopold team, you were going to be the GM for a long time. So I got to think that Garen would feel the job security to, to pick up a, a, a goalie prospect, knowing that, you know, maybe they're not there until they're 20, 21. But I think that would be worthwhile as well. All right. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a pretty good comprehensive little quick, uh, maybe not comprehensive and quick. comprehensive. I'm not smart enough to be no, comprehensive. Yeah. I would say that's probably an oxymoron too, to be comprehensive and quick. But uh, those are some pretty uh, some players that I think you guys should keep an eye on uh, leading into the draft. So uh, thanks, Tony, for that. Thanks Tim for Stutzel, of- it's so fun to say. Stu- is it Stutzel or Stutzel? I have no idea, but both are fun. Can they can they do um, Tim Stutzley? Tim Stutzley. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I wonder if he lives on a farm with his brother, and mm. he sell that he does with a uh, bed and breakfast. Sells beets. Sells beets. Yeah, the beet farm. All right. All right, Tony. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me at Ohio Tony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. And you can find all my work at zonecoverage.com. We did a a huge uh, three-article piece on the passing of Kobe Bryant. And um, I encourage you guys to check that out uh, about his uh, influence. Not really so much influence, but just kind of like uh, the perspective from, you know, Wolves and uh, Gopher fans as well. So check that out. Um, That should do it for us here on Locked on Wild. If you liked today's episode, please hit that subscribe button. Make sure you download. It does help us out. And uh, it allows you to get every single episode without having to do any work. Also, you can, uh, if you could, please just leave a, a, a rating and a, a review on any of the podcast services you use. Currently, whatever you're using to listen to us, use that. Leave a rating. It really does help us out to find more wild fans like yourself. Also, you can get in touch with the podcast on Twitter. Go to at LockedOnWild. You can also get in touch uh, via email for our listeners' choice uh, segments that are every Friday. You can also send in your mailbag questions like Adam did uh, and Holly did last Friday. I really appreciate those and all of your questions also via Twitter. But you can go to LockedOnWild at gmail.com. That'll do it for us on Lockdown Wild for this episode. Uh, Make sure you stick around and stay tuned every Monday through Friday to keep on top of your Minnesota Wild every day.